poor joe from charles dickens children's stories retold by his granddaughter this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit librivox.org recording by cadastra dickens children's stories retold by his granddaughter poor joe joe was a crossing sweeper every day he swept up the mud and begged for pennies from the people who passed poor joe wasn't pretty and he wasn't clean his clothes were only a few poor rags that hardly protected him from the cold and the rain he had never been to school and he could neither write nor read could not even spell his own name poor joe he was ugly and dirty and ignorant but he knew one thing that it was wicked to tell a lie and knowing this he always told the truth one other thing poor joe knew too well and that was what being hungry means for little joe was very poor he lived in tom all alone's one of the most horrible places in all london the people who live in this dreadful den are the poorest of london poor all miserably clad all dirty all very hungry they know and like joe for he is always willing to go on errands for them and does them many little acts of kindness no one in tom all alone's is spoken of by his name thus it is that if you inquired there for a boy named joe you would be asked whether you meant carrots or the colonel or gallows or young chisel or terrier tip or lanky or the brick joe was generally called toughy although a few superior persons who affected a dignified style of speaking called him the tough subject joe used to say he had never had but one friend it was one cold winter night when he was shivering in a doorway near his crossing that a dark-haired rough-bearded man turned to look at him and then came back and began to talk to him have you a friend boy he asked presently no never had none neither have i not one take this and good-night and so saying the man who looked very poor and shabby put into joe's hand the price of a supper and a night's lodging often afterwards the stranger would stop to talk with joe and give him money joe firmly believed whenever he had any to give when he had none he would merely say i am as poor as you are to-day joe and pass on one day joe was fetching away from his crossing to a public-house where the coroner was holding an inquest an inkwitch joe called it did the boy know the deceased asked the coroner indeed joe had known him it was his only friend who was dead he was very good to me he was was all poor joe could say the next day they buried the dead man in the churchyard hard by but that night there came a slouching figure through the court to the iron gate it stood looking in for a little while then with an old broom it softly swept the step and made the archway clean it was poor joe and as he went away he softly said to himself he was very good to me he was now there happened to be at the inquest a kind-hearted man named snagsby and he pitied joe so much that he gave him half a crown joe was very sad after the death of his one friend the more so as his friend had died in great poverty and misery with no one near him to care whether he lived or not a few days after the funeral while joe was still living on mr snagsby's half-crown he was standing at his crossing as the day closed in when a lady closely veiled and plainly dressed came up to him are you the boy joe who was examined at the inquest she asked that's me said joe come farther up the court i want to speak to you what about him as was dead do you know him how dare you ask me if i knew him no offence my lady said joe humbly 
Listen and hold your tongue. Show me the place where he lived, then where he died, then where they buried him. Go in front of me. Don't look back once, and I'll pay you well. Joe takes her to each of the places she wants to see. Then she draws off her glove, and Joe sees that she has sparkling rings on her fingers. She drops a coin in his hand and is gone. Joe holds the coin to the light and sees to his joy that it is a golden sovereign. But people in Joe's position in life find it hard to change a sovereign, for who will believe that they can come by it honestly? So poor little Joe didn't get much of the sovereign for himself, for, as he afterwards told Mr. Snagsby, I had to pay five bob down in Tom all alone's before they'd square it for to give me change, and then a young man he thieved another five while I was asleep, and a boy he thieved ninepence, and the landlord he stood drains round with a lot more of it. As time went on, Joe's troubles began in earnest. The police turned him away from his crossing, and wheresoever they met him, they ordered him to move on. Once a policeman, angry to find that Joe hadn't moved on, seized him by the arm and dragged him down to Mr. Snagsby's. "'What's the matter, constable?' asked Mr. Snagsby. "'This boy's as obstinate a young gone-off as I know. Although repeatedly told, too, he won't move on.' "'I'm always a-moving on,' cried Joe. "'Oh, my eye! Where am I to move to?' "'My instructions don't go to that,' the constable answered. "'My instructions are that you are to keep moving on. "'Now the simple question is, sir,' turning to Mr. Snagsby, "'whether you know him.' "'He says you do.' "'Yes, I know him.' "'Very well. I'll leave him here. But mind you keep moving on.' The constable then moved on himself, leaving Joe at Mr. Snagsby's. There was a little tea-party there that evening, and when Joe was at last allowed to go, Mr. Snagsby followed him to the door, and filled his hands with the remains of the little feast they had had upstairs. And now Joe began to find life harder and rougher than ever. He lost his crossing altogether, and spent day after day in moving on. He remembered a poor woman he had once done a kindness to, who had told him she lived at St. Albans, and that a lady there had been very good to her. Perhaps she'll be good to me, thought Joe, and he started off to go to St. Albans. One Saturday night, Joe reached that town very tired and very ill. Happily for him, the woman met him and took him into her cottage. While he was resting there, a lady came in and asked him very kindly what was the matter. "'I'm a-being frozen, then burnt up, and then frozen, burnt up again, ever so many times over in an hour, and my head's all sleepy, and all a-going round like, and I'm so dry, and my bones is nothing half so much bones as pain.' "'Where are you going?' "'Somewhere,' replies Joe. "'I'm a-being moved on, I am. Well, to-night you must come with me, and I'll make you comfortable.' So Joe went with the lady to a great house not far off, and there they made a bed for him, and brought him tempting wholesome food. Every one was very kind to him, but something frightened Joe, and he felt he could not stay there, and he ran out into the cold night air. Where he went he could never remember, for when he next came to his senses he found himself in a hospital. He stayed there for some weeks, and was then discharged, though still weak and ill. He was very thin, and when he drew a breath his chest was very painful. "'It draws,' said Joe, "'as heavy as a cart.' Now a certain young doctor, who was very kind to poor people, was walking through Tom all alone's one morning, when he saw a ragged figure coming along, crouching close to the dirty wall. It was Joe. The young doctor took pity on Joe. "'Come with me,' he said, "'and I will find you a better place than this to stay in.' For he saw that the lad was very, very ill. So Joe was taken to a clean little room, and bathed, and had clean clothes, and good food, and kind people about him once more. But he was too ill now, far too ill, 
for anything to do him any good. "'Let me lie here quiet,' said poor Joe, "'and be so kind anyone as is passin' nigh where I used to sweep, "'as to say to Mr. Snagsby as Joe, "'what he knew once is a movin' on.' "'One day the young doctor was sitting by him, "'when suddenly Joe made a strong effort to get out of bed. "'Stay, Joe, where now?' "'It's time for me to go to that there burying-ground. "'What burying-ground, Joe? "'Where they laid him as was very good to me, "'very good to me indeed he was. "'It's time for me to go down to that there burying-ground, sir, "'and ask to be put along of him. "'I wants to go there and be buried. "'Will you promise to have me took there and laid along with him?' "'I will indeed. "'Thank you, sir. "'There's a step there as I used to sweep with my broom. "'It's turned very dark, sir. "'Is there any light coming?' "'It's coming fast, Joe.' then silence for a while. "'Joe, my poor fellow, I can hear you, sir, in the dark. Joe, can you say what I say? I'll say anything you say, sir, for I knows it's good. Our father. Our father, yes, that's very good, sir. Which art in heaven, art in heaven, is the light a-coming, sir? It's close at hand. Hallowed be thy name. Hallowed be thy—' The light had come. Oh, yes, the light had come, for Joe was dead.' End of Poor Joe. Recording by Cadastra.